Welcome to the Business Report Spotlight, the part of our show where we speak to influential and inspiring leaders in our country, their journey to success, lessons they've learned and the inspiration they pass on in their various roles in society. My name is Michelle and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Eugene Shepard. He's the Group Finance Director at the Pupkovich Group, and it's a well-known brand and name in all of our households for various reasons, from cars to um, building houses, etc. So, Eugene, welcome to our show. Again, like most of my established guests, very little is to be read about you on the Internet, so it's difficult to do some homework and, and background reading. But I guess it's still regarded as a good thing if there are if there's less of you on on the internet. So welcome to our show. Thank you very much, Rochelle. Good day. So tell us where are you from? So you are actually from Namibia. Tell us which town. Where did you grow up? Schooling, etc. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm a born and bred Namibian. I was born in Ludwitz or Namingnois, as I'd like to um, <laughs> call it nowadays. Um, grew up in Vintuk. Uh, I did my primary schooling at Emma Wachenot when was still up on the hill close to the Tintenpalast and I did my matriculation at St. Dora's High School and then went off to study at the University of Stellenbosch in South Africa. What did you study? Um, I did a BCom degree, a basic BCom degree and then um, after starting to work I carried on continuing studying part-time and continuing my professional designations. Cool. We'll get into those just now. Tell us about your favorite childhood memory. I now know the answer, but I'm pretty sure our <laughs> listeners will just shake their heads and say, yes, 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 I also remember those times. <laughs> yeah, it was back in the day when you could ride your bicycle to school and back. I used to ride from bicycle to my friends in the afternoons. It was almost like a small town in Ventucam. Your, your bicycle or walking was your mobility as, wow. a, as opposed to the current trend of mobile phones. Exactly, and it's a much bigger place today. So, tell us about your dreams. When you went to go and study your BCom, what sort of went through your mind? What did you think you want to become one day? And is it where you are today? Are you living the dream? I was going to become the next Richard Branson. I was going to drive <laughs> Ferraris, fly jet planes, and just take the world by storm. Uh, and I think in Namibia you are, so... <laughs> they forgot to tell me it takes a bit of hard work and, and a long, long journey to get there. And um, I started the slog in, in, in South Africa. I worked in a factory in Maitland in Cape Town for a couple of years. Uh, then... What did the factory... It was predominantly linen and uh, cottons and fabrics and things and so on. And uh, then jumped ship for a salary increase and moved into a printing factory in Paro in, in the Cape Town area. And uh, they they were very big. I think it was the biggest printing factory in the Southern Hemisphere. So there was a tiny, tiny little cog in a huge machine. Quite a life lesson as to how unimportant you really are when you're that junior. And very different hours, I would assume. Yes, yes. Now, um, I used to leave home just after six in the in the morning to, to handle the traffic and... Uh, Probably get home about seven, seven thirty in the evenings, um, but that's that's how you get ahead. Yeah, and then after that, you said no. Lifestyle now matters. You want to come back. I was on holiday back in Namibia, and somebody made me an offer at a ridiculously high salary, forgetting to tell me that the cost <laughs> of living is slightly different than Cape Town. And um, just after independence, I relocated and I joined the Vecken Forts Group. Um, Dieter Forts employed me. I worked for them for. Eight or, eight or nine years. In the finance area. In the finance event. She also becoming their finance director. Okay. Okay. And then after Vekenfurts? I then did a couple of stints, a little bit 
on my own consulting and so on, but I then worked for a number of state-owned enterprises, uh, the likes of NAM Power, the Motor Vehicle Accident Fund, and NAMCO, amongst others. Yeah. And then from there, you moved on to... From there, um, the late Mr. Harold recruited me and I joined the group in 2012, about two, three months after his passing. You joined after his passing, but he, yes. you were still one of the last people he appointed. Yes, he was. He recruited me. I was the last person he personally appointed. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's incredible. We'll get to to the group just now. Maybe some of your thoughts on the pros and cons uh, of working in public versus private sector. Very few people can say they've got that extensive yeah. knowledge and experience in both sectors like you do. So maybe just some thoughts around pros and cons. So um, I cut my teeth working in the private sector and understand the rules it's work hard work long and work clever and you get the rewards it's all about the better the business does the better you do um so transitioning to the to the public sector was was interesting um they there's a there's always a role for the public sector and merging the private sector um profit driven motive the 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 economic incentive with with public good was an, an interesting learning curve for me and, and I enjoyed it. And it also allowed me exposure to industries I would not normally have otherwise worked in uh, with the MVA, it's quasi-investment and insurance type businesses. NAMCO is the oil and gas industry. It's a very exciting, very fast-moving industry. Um, and I was able to participate in that and work on very large projects such as the Kudu Gas Project, etc. So it, yeah. was, it was an interesting yeah. Interesting exposure, and it definitely gives you a better, a bigger picture than you would have normally. It had. gives you a lot more. It gives you a lot more tools in your toolbox to mm. to handle a lot of things, especially around uh, not being ruthless with people, but understanding that the economic motive is not always the only one. Yeah, fully agree. So you know, as known as a steady hand, Eugene, um, very suitable for a large ship. Uh, I mean, it must be one of the most diverse groups in in the country. Uh, the group has have had big, big dreams and uh, understandably the group has also faced quite a few challenges over the years, uh, economic conditions being one of them. But maybe just in terms of the passing of, of Mr. Harold Pupkovitz, I mean, you were a part of the ex- or you just you joined just after he left, uh, after he passed, but you were still one of the last people he appointed. How would you say... You know, the group, the, the challenges that they faced to sort of uh, deal with his passing. He was such a, a major, influential, strong person. Um, the guts that he had to start the business, etc. How did the group overcome the challenges brought about by his passing? Um, I was fortunate in that um, Mr. Harold had put a fairly good governance structure into place. The individual components of the business, the Megabolt, the Motors, the Megatech side, they all had very strong leadership teams Mm -hmm. that were doing the execution and the day-to-day management. And the family have been mentored by Mr. Harold for for many, many years. So they they gave the, the reliability and the solidness in the background and said, let's keep the ship steady. Let's not make any funny changes. And the divisional managing directors and, and, and finance teams and, and those jolted very nicely around me in, in mm. the Exco. And then we were able to just continue business um, on patterns that they had established while just going through the morning and the settling in period. Yeah. And uh, once, once everybody had found their feet and things had moved on, we could then 
re-escalate the investment drive and, and, and grow the business quite dramatically. The group has really gone from strength to strength, I must say. A- another challenge the group has faced and a very difficult task that you had was to go through a voluntary retrenchment process in 2020. So what would be your recommendation to other leaders that need to go through the same process? Very painful, very emotional, maybe some um, advice from your side. Yeah, it, it, it was not an easy decision to take at the time. Um, the group was known for its family values and for the fact that it had very few, if any, retrenchments before that, other than when businesses had been forced to close. Um, I think the the best advice and, and, and the way we went about it is you've got to be collaborative. You've got to engage with the employees. You've got to engage with the teams. You've got to be fair and gen fair bordering on generous with, with, with what you offer to make it attractive to both parties because there are people out there in your workforce who have other dreams and if you are able to allow them that dream with it, while leaving them a little bit, little bit of a safety net then, then it helps and it actually turns out not to be as traumatic for either party in the end. If it's done right. How many people does the group employ? We do. Currently, we have about 1,800 people across all our divisions, including some of our, where we have external partners, but 1,800 people, 30 30 locations right throughout the country. That's incredible. And to the listeners, um, um, I've also interviewed Eugene on the new lifestyle development uh, and Eugene has also elaborated on the investment that the group has made. So despite the challenges, the group has definitely risen to the occasion and and expanding and growing and, as you say, investing into the economy. Eugene, a person like you, how do you relax and unwind? What do you keep yourself busy or how do you force yourself to switch off? <laughs> I, I enjoy travel. Um, so um, that's that's as soon as I come back from, from, from one travel or one holiday, I, I start planning the next. <laughs> the next it gives, <laughs> gives me a little bit of a bright spark to work towards. Um, I enjoy reading a lot. Um, occasionally, I'll watch a bit of TV or a movie or so, though I'm fairly selective on that. So mostly, um, I enjoy traveling, reading, and then spending time with my children. They, uh, they keep me very busy on the sport field. So still in school? They're still in school, um, and they make me play sports with them sometimes. <laughs> well, excellent. In the Masters <laughs> Leagues, though. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Eugene, thank you very much for sharing with us your life story. Uh, thank you for everything that you, through the group, is also doing for the country. Uh, you make it seem easy. I'm pretty sure it's not that easy. And not only the staff and the customers of the group, but I think Namibians in general have, have a lot to say thank you for to you and and the group so for your investment in the country and for all your challenges lying ahead great challenges it seems like uh, we're wishing you all the best so thank you for sp- for speaking to us thank you very much